Hey there, it's your friendly neighborhood network shadow producer Fletcher, and since Garrett and some of the other hosts are out at ASEN this weekend, it falls to me to come up with a bit of filler for the shows on the network. As a result, I thought I was going to start discussing some of the Showa-era production problems the series had, including nearly killing a few stunt people, one of the major actors being out for ages due to injuring himself, a lot of things. But then I realized that we hadn't quite discussed a lot of terminology and things relating to the series. Like, we have, to my knowledge, never gone over what Showa-era means, for those who are not familiar. And we've just kind of come at this for with the belief that everyone is going to know what we're talking about because of the fact that we're very bad at this. And, as you can tell, this is not a very well-planned podcast sometimes, myself included. So, what this ended up morphing into while I was doing research was going back through some of our old episodes, uh, especially the ones that were just Garrett and I, or filler episodes with Fiona and I, where we got very jargon-heavy, and I took down a few notes and thought we would just give a quick 101. If you ever want to get someone into tokusatsu or writer or similar stuff... This might be a helpful starting ground and filling people in on what's going on here. So let's just kick it back to the start here, where we have the discussion of eras. Uh, the eras in Japan are generally broken down by who is sitting in the seat of the emperor at the time. So things are broken up in history that way. But where this is going to come into play for most of you in the West is the fact that certain bits of weeb media will generally be broken down by the era they were created in. The big thing you're going to deal with is tokusatsu, which is anything that's special effects based. This could be something as silly as kaiju movies, where you have your Godzillas uh, and clones thereof, Rodan, Gam Gamera, etc. But... You're also going to have things like Kamen Rider, Sentai, which would be the series, well, Super Sentai, that Power Rangers comes out of. There have been series in there that were just one-offs, like uh, what some of you have heard of as Japanese Spider-Man or Tokusatsu Spider-Man. And a lot of this has a very common lineage, which comes from the fact that most of them were designed or inspired by the works of artist and writer Shotaro Ishinomori. He's done a lot of things. You've probably become familiar with them or their adaptations. Cyborg 009. Common Rider was directly based off adapting one of his works. The Skull Man. Some of the early Power Rangers stuff came out of his designs. And this ties into the fact that his production company, or a production company based on his properties, was heavily involved in a lot of these early works in the Showa era. 
this would also translate into company connections that would come out from there. And most of these franchises are now under the Toei, who is an animation and production company. Uh, you're probably familiar with a lot of their works. They've had fingers in the pies of a lot of the major stuff that has been worldwide. Sailor Moon, Dragon Ball, One Piece, uh, plenty of others. Digimon for some fans of the show. Um, we could also touch on Bandai being involved in a lot of this because they covered the toy things. And in the case of Ryder, there was also the bike manufacturer Honda. Because obviously when you have a hero whose main gimmick is that his name is Ryder, he was originally a dirt bike racer, you need someone to sponsor them in terms of the motorcycle part of things. And while the motorcycle bit has been phased out over time due to a lot of concern about safety and the stunts, the series has never thrown out the identity of riders and occasionally finds ways to get clever with it, like uh, characters who turn into bikes or occasionally putting our characters on horses. Because, you know, it's still riding, technically. So, let's talk about how, you know, I said this was an era. And the Showa era was the well, now second to last uh, Emperor of Japan's reign, which gave way to the Heisei era. Where this comes in with Kamen Rider is the fact that there was actually a break. This has not run consistently since the original series, but since returning, the show has become a part of a pretty standard clip in the Heisei era, which is the one that we are just leaving as of this recording, the new one, which was discussed on a recent Journey Through the Deck cast, is Rewa, and that's a thing to unpack later. We are just starting to get information about what the first Rewa rider is going to be, and that will be 0-1 if trademarks are correct. So, I'm excited. But I am also a fan of the older stuff, which leaned heavily on cyborgs and alienation, and there's a lot of ways you could go with that in revisiting old themes. Or it could all just be a swerve. Who freaking knows? Anyway, the Heisei era is where a lot of the stuff that Decacast is touching on came up. And in fact, it returned to television in the Heisei era with Kamen Rider Kuga, which is where our hosts are in the decade timeline right now. But this was also when it debuted as part of an hour every Sunday on Japanese television called Superhero Time where the hour-long block is Super Sentai into Kamen Rider, which later became Kamen Rider into Super Sentai. And so there has been a bit of collaboration between the two. There have been crossover movies. There are a lot of similar production crew, if not entirely writing and things. And... There's another contrast to be made in that Ryder and Sentai are in the same time slot, share a lot of production, but as of late, the chatter is that Sentai is an incredibly precarious position. There's talk that if toy sales do not turn around, and keep in mind, these are children's shows and they are meant to be giant toy commercials, 
that if the current Sentai series does not turn around the toy sales spiraling decline, it may be the last time we have any Sentai for a while. There's no official confirmation on this, but we're also talking about a Japanese production where leaks are hard to come by in general, and this is coming from someone who has generally been pretty open about being in production, who let some of this off in Western media where they are unlikely to be found. On the other side of things, Bandai is pretty fond of Kamen Rider right now, and they seem to be teasing at a little bit of a possibility of Western stuff. Given that, let's talk about a thing that Garrett, Fiona, and I have all bemoaned a few times, P-Bandai, or Premium Bandai. It is basically an otaku-centric, uh, I'm just going to presume you know what otaku is because fuck trying to go into that right now, uh, an otaku-centric set of merch that is generally higher quality, a lot of it is fan service aimed, some of it might just straight up be costume pieces or more faithful replicas of series toys or props, or occasionally, um... Something they've been bringing over to the western side of P. Bandai, which is a relatively recent development. They created a U.S. and Canadian branch that you can order some of the things from, not all of them. You can now get things like, there's a full line of actual silk, uh, common Rider ties, or costume pieces that, honestly, uh, much like how Garrett buys a lot of the belts and toys from some of the writer stuff, I would probably be going in on a few of those costume pieces if I thought they would fit me. However, they are generally sized for a Japanese man, not uh, a burly Irish dude. So, as a result, there's that whole thing, but it's a sign that they're starting to realize there is a Western base for this, even if no one has really made an overt deal to bring this to the West, the closest we've come is that there was a recent series co-produced by Amazon, Common uh, Rider Amazons, which did get an official Western release, or most of it. I think the final movie does not actually have a worldwide release like the series does. Other things we may have pointed out are the fact that Common Rider has a rough track record with female characters. Uh, I know we've danced around it a few times, and I won't spoil anything on here, because again, we have hosts and some listeners going in blind to these things, but they've barely done female riders, and what few they have have not been handled gracefully, although some much worse than others. Some of this can be credited to certain producers or writers, and if you look at works that are a bit bad about this, you can go, oh, here is a common factor. That is probably a little more behind the scenes than we want to go into with a 101 episode. But other times, it is just a case of, it seems to be, well, this is a show for young boys, and who wants to see a girl riding around in the armor? And it just becomes unfortunate after a time. 
because it would be a nice change of pace, but it's kind of predictable that if you see a female character in a writer series, they are either going to always be the support member of the cast, killed off pretty quickly for dramatic effect, or they will become a writer and get chumped on hard. So, uh, sorry for you guys watching this for the first time, because I know you're going to run across a couple of female writers, and ho ho holy shit, have fun with that. Anyway, other than that, I think that pretty much covers a lot of the 101 stuff based on the notes I took down. However, if you would like to talk about any of this or think there's something I missed, and the regular host can actually fill you in on some of this, they do have an email box at thericeballnetwork at gmail.com. No, I totally didn't look that up and uh, come back to the recording. So, if there is terminology you'd like to hear explained, please write into the other hosts and they will address it on the show. I know this because occasionally I am privy to the editing on episodes I don't do. Because that's the secret power of being the shadow producer. You can find us at Journey at the Deck Journey through the Deck. This is getting left in because I am clowning on myself now, and because we can use another ten seconds. The show can be found at journeythroughthedeckcast.com. You can find this and other shows on the Rice Ball Network on your favorite podcast hosts. And we really should come up with a hub page. However, you can find us at riceball underscore fm on Twitter, and probably some other places soon if our social media management kicks up. Because it's 2019, and I'm not fucking around. Let's hit the big time, baby. Thank you, and your regular hosts will be back next week with another episode of, likely, the finale of Kuga. See ya! <laughs>